Hi there, everyone. Today on Locked On Canadians, we will be talking about the press conference that Kent Hughes held alongside Vinny LeCavalier on Monday. We are going to be talking about the Montreal Canadiens teaming up with Team 33, a new scouting service, and what that means, not just for the Canadians, but around the league as well. Maybe there's a little bit more clarity on the Jeff Petrie dossier, and that's all coming up on Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 651 of Locked On Canadians. We had promised you a very special guest, but due to literally like immovable circumstances, our guest was not able to make it for these two episodes that we were planning or we were planning to record with him. So you're kind of stuck with us for our more redraft <laughs> thoughts. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit uh, Ken Hughes press conference, the Jeff Petrie situation, Team 33. But first, my name is Laura. I'm one of your hosts, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined by Scott Matla, who two days from now will be covering the draft in person uh, for Eyes on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing on this fine to Tuesday evening? Uh, if any of my uh, fellow coworkers or bosses or anyone of importance is listening to this, I'm sorry that I've been mailing it in like all week, but. The clock ticked over into Monday, and I'm like, I am so close to getting to Montreal for the draft. I am going to AEW on Wednesday night, and I am very excited. It's I get to go watch professional wrestling. I get to watch dudes go through tables, and then I get to go to the NHL draft and put on a suit and be civilized and not scream in bloodlust at things. I am very, very excited. Uh, we are We do regret that we weren't able to have our guest on, but he did promise that post-draft to help us break it all down. He will be around. And I didn't realize this until it came up. The Canadians development camp is literally next week as well. In addition to NHL free agency. So we have so much content coming up before we shift to our off season mode. And we cannot wait to bring that all to you. It is super, super exciting. And again, our guest sends his, like he felt really bad and that that's what made me feel bad. I didn't want him to feel bad. Uh, but he did promise us we would get his best. We always get his best, though. That's the thing. Like, he always brings it. And I'm so, so excited for whenever we have him on to break down what the Canadians did in the draft. Uh, speaking of what the Canadians did in the draft, on Monday, Kent Hughes and Vinny LeCavalier held a press conference. And I really liked it because I knew it was going to be a lot of words that would provide little clarity. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so there were some things that were clarified. Um one really, really important note was that they did get asked about Carey Price and they said, not yet. As soon as there's any news, we'll do a press conference only dedicated <laughs> to Carey Price. That made me laugh. Uh, but, you know, when they were asked, like, are you trading that first overall pick or are you going to, uh, you know, draft somebody? And, you know, as of that moment of the trade co as of the press conference, Kent Hughes said, you know, it's, it's to draft. Like, we're not trading the first overall unless it really blows us away. And he was like, my job is not to make a legacy pick. It is to do what's best for the Montreal Canadiens going forward. And I understand like it's the draft is in Montreal. It is the first overall pick. It is his first, the first pick he makes as GM. It is the first pick of this front office. There's so many things that are riding on this, right? But for me, it's like they can't afford to make a huge mistake. That's it. Like, we know that this draft is not as deep 
as some of the ones that have come before and some of the ones that might be coming as soon as next year. We know that, right? Either way, they had said that they'd narrowed down their choice to one of three people and he, and he literally said the word c'est trois attaquants. So like it was three offensive players. So we know that Simon Nemitz and David Yershek are not in that conversation, but we knew that anyway, because in all of the projections, they're not higher than third. So we know it's Logan Cooley. They talked about, you know, he's playing against college players. They talked about, you know, they said, oh, a player that plays against men. So we know that's Lefkowski that they're talking about. And they talked about Shane Wright. And they talked a lot about Shane Wright because they were asked a lot about Shane Wright. Sorry, you were going to say something. So uh, as much as they talked about the three players, and I'm not a tinfoil hatty kind of person, but there's so much indication that they're picking Shane Wright. Like, there's they haven't made a big fanfare about it. Uh, Vinny Lekeve talked to Shane Wright personally about being a first overall pick. Vinny himself being a former one as well. Everything leads me to believe that they're picking Shane Wright. And at this point, I think Kent Hughes is really just having fun, which fair guy's a player agent. He knows how the media works. He knows how it is, you know, to have everyone going, what are they going to do? Are they going to pick this guy? Are they going to pick this guy? And it's like, no, he's, he's got the guy in mind. I know he says he's undecided, but why? He's not going to show his hand. That's that's rookie GMing 101 is to not let others know what you're thinking. Because then not you know only what? that, he keeps saying that they they're probably drafting, but he's not closing the door on trading that, right? So you know that he's still taking calls. Kent Hughes, man of mystery. But like he's he's playing it close to the vest, a thing that Mark Bergevin was famous for, perhaps almost too much. Ken Hughes is very forthcoming without it all he's like a sphinx in that he's just full of riddles and nonsense that you got to kind of work your way through but it just feels like they're taking Shane Wright at this point yeah they they talked about Logan Cooley I like Logan Cooley a lot I think Shane Wright is the player they need right now but Logan Cooley is a good player I don't have anything against Slavkovsky just everything lines up based on the noise and everything you don't hear noise about Shane Wright your noise about Slavkovsky, which tells me that it's people trying to drum up interest, whether that's coming from other teams or what. And Hughes isn't going to show his hand. He knows how this works. He's a rookie GM with years of experience as a high-profile player agent. This is not new to him. He knows how the other side of this coin works. And I that's an underrated part of this, I think. And we don't know what's going on with 26th overall yet. We probably won't know until we get there and we see what happens on the draft board, but the biggest thing out of that press conference besides some of the Jeff Petrie stuff and the Carey Price stuff, which we get into later is it just feels like Shane Wright's the pick at this point. Like no if, ands or buts. That was the thing though, is that they kept insisting, right? Like, Oh, we're going to talk to our scouts later this evening. Oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. But I think what was really telling was what Vinny LeCavalier said. And this is interesting because we did get a mailback question about it, which we will deal with whenever we resume our mailback. There's a whole <laughs> lot going on these, this couple of weeks, but one of them was talking about, you know, pressure and how like, like when people talk about character, you know, usually they associate it with different things, but do scouts look at how a player is going to handle pressure in a market like Montreal? Do scouts look at how, you know, certain players sort of like thrive under the pressure and certain players have not like, and, and I think it's really telling about how long Vinny LeCavalier spoke to Shane Wright. And the part for me that was huge was that it was almost like 
an afterthought where he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk to Logan Cooley and Ezra Slavkovsky too. Like, it was kind of like an afterthought where, like, I, I feel like he kind of felt obligated to throw that in there so that they don't tip the Canadian's hand. And that's kind of how I saw it. And I might be wrong and they might be, like, you know, astounding us on Thursday night. It's just, it's really exciting. Speaking of Thursday night, please make sure you are tuned into Locked On Canadians and Locked On NHL. We've got tons of stuff surrounding the draft. There's going to be so much content. There's going to be reactions to the picks. We're going to be doing, you know, obviously a reaction to like the first night overall. And then we're going to be breaking down the rest of the draft the following week. We've got so much stuff going on. So do not forget to stay tuned to us. And in our next segment, what we are going to talk about is... The Montreal Canadiens are now teaming up with a new scouting service called Team 33. And we're going to talk about what that means and how the league is sort of moving forward. And then after that, we're going to talk a little bit Jeff Petrie and Carey Price. And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Well, the NHL playoffs are gone, but you can... You can you know, bet on the on the draft. That's 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 a big thing that's coming up. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, so Scott, today came the news from, I think it was Marc-Antoine Godet, uh, that the Montreal Canadiens are teaming up with a scouting service called Team 33. Um, and it seems like, it seems like really weird timing, like literally two days before the draft to be doing this, but I think this is an ongoing partnership. It's, it's not just, you know, it's not just a today thing. And it's kind of like, it's really interesting in that all of the leagues, all of the teams around the league, because there were some prominent hires that were announced today as well, is that every team now, or most of the teams, are kind of looking for that little thing that just gives them a little bit of an edge over the other teams, right? Every team is doing that. Like, it's no longer just about big moves. It's about every little market inefficiency that you can exploit. So, Scott, you had some thoughts. My my biggest thing is uh, I could not find a thing online about them yet, so I assume they are new, but I assume they have reputable names. I don't think the Canadians would just throw lot in with you know um, a shady organization or anything like that. It's just, I don't know much about Team Thirty Three. I haven't had a chance to read the article and the Athletic yet, but based on what they've done this off season, in the way Ken Hughes has talked about developing, Martin Saint Louis has talked about development, uh, Adam Nicholas being their development coach hiring Marie-Philippe Poulin, the Montreal Canadiens are taking that next step into modernizing a team that it's very long overdue right now. And they're not the only team we've seen. Uh, it was Toronto promoted Haley Wickenheiser to assistant GM. And before anyone talks about qualifications, uh, it's very hard to find someone who can match her hockey credentials. And she's a doctor, literally. Like she's smarter than you. And she's better at hockey than you. We're not going to go into credentials on this one. She's just better at it than you are. Save it. And the San Jose Sharks hired Mike Greer. He was the first uh, black general manager in NHL history. And the Coachella Firebirds, the AHL affiliate of the uh, Seattle Kraken, 
uh, have the first female to serve as a coach on their bench. They hired a, to be their assistant coach down there across the league today. This was a huge step forward after seeing like Rick bonus, get hired, John Tortorella, get hired again, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen a lot of the old boys club and retreads get hired. And then you see teams that are trying to be progressive and what they want to do and change things are doing that. Montreal was very far behind in that. And they're taking those steps with their off ice stuff. Now I'm very interested to see what the scouting service has and what it's working on developing, especially with uh, development camp right around the corner. And I do wonder if they help put together their scouting combines uh, that they did the private ones that were in Broussard a couple of weeks ago with, for European and for uh, usually QMJHL prospects. And I wonder if they were a part of that in selecting people to come to that camp. Right. So, okay. So here's the thing with the scouting service is essentially what it does is it assigns a number based on salary, age, ability, potential, all kinds of stuff um, to an NHL player. So it does kind of attempt to level the playing field a little bit like how our friend uh, Byron Bader uh, does on his website, right? It like it levels the playing field. It, it contextualizes where players play and who they're playing against. So you can kind of do a comparison depending you know, not all players are going to be playing in the NHL or AHL. You're going to see all over the place. So you can kind of sort of bring the value into the same language. This is kind of what that what Team 33 is doing. It's got like a former assistant GM, um, you know, working, working uh, in the NHL and all of that. So it's got a lot of new things. The thing I think with the Montreal Canadiens is that what they're trying to do, and, and this is what I really like about them, and, and it sort of started with the with the hiring of Martin Saint-Louis, is that they don't care about who, what they care about is how the person thinks, right? Or how the organization thinks. So like Martin Saint-Louis got hired based on his hockey ideas, right? Marie-Philippe Poulain got hired based on her strategy and her approach to the game. Like Team 33 is doing something new. So like, it's not like this is a name that everybody's used and this person has like worked in hockey and you know, everybody knows who they are and they used to be a player or they used to be a whatever. It's literally like, what is this new way of thinking? What is this new information? What are these new ideas and philosophies and strategies? And like, this is kind of like a way to quantify players a little bit, but it doesn't seem quite limited to just, you know, numbers. It's literally it goes with, with people going to games and scouting in person, as well as putting in all this information, including like, you know, the salary and all of that. So like a really like, a really high-end player will get assigned a number and then there's like AHL level players that would get assigned a number and you can be across that spectrum, right? So that, like, it, it brings the information together. So, like, and the, the, the other thing is that Kent Hughes in his press conference with, um, uh, on Monday, to, like, used, like, Sport Logique, right? Like, he said, he, he name-dropped Sport Logique. So, like, you know that they're using all the tools at their disposal. Like, they might still have some old-school people in the organization and that's never wrong. Like, I think it's just that if you're married to the old school style of hockey or, or evaluating hockey or coaching hockey or developing hockey, then you're being left behind by all the other teams who are moving forward. So all these hires, Scott, that you just mentioned, they're like some really interesting, exciting moves for the future of the game. Like it really is, the game really is changing. And so like, I get the frustration of our, our fellow, you know, locked on hosts or our friends and other fan bases where they see all the other teams doing this forward thinking stuff. And they're like, well, my team still isn't doing that. And when you look at who is, you know, who was in the final this year, Tampa, 
and and Colorado who won Colorado like these are the teams that are like I'm going to take every possible tool even if it's modern even if it's untried and I'm going to see if it works for me it took Colorado five years to get it right but they still got it right they kept pushing they kept looking for things that worked until they were able to create that like perfect you know perfect mix and so that's what I hope the Montreal Canadiens do. You know, like they finished last in the league this season and everybody was still hopeful. Why? Because they had a fresh perspective. And that's what I feel like as well. Um, and speaking of a fresh perspective, there is still some stuff in the past that the Canadians are kind of have going to have to deal with or um, or not, not, not necessarily confront, but like they have to uh, settle settle some issues uh, in the coming year or even in the coming offseason um, before they can move forward and, and, and like begin the rebuilding or the building process of the rebuild. Um, and that's coming up in just one moment. Okay. So we've got Carrie Price. We still don't know what's up with that. And we've got Jeff Petrie and we still don't know what's up with that, but the press conference was a little bit illuminating. Was it not? Yes. We also have breaking news. What? I'm kidding. The NHL has a new energy, has a new sports drink sponsor. Oh my God. Like... I, I swear. I thought you were going to say that Jeff Petrie was traded as we were talking. Scott, you can't do this to me. <laughs> I'm, mean. I'm a bad person. For a second. I'm, I'm a so bad happy. person. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, if no, anyone wants not because to... I hate Jeff Petrie. No, no. I was just happy that there was something going on. If anyone wants to clip the me saying I'm a bad person part and send it to me in gift form, you're my best friend. But yes, we do have uh, the Jeff Petrie thing was interesting because there hasn't been like an actual like public declaration of this. But at the same time, Kent Hughes mentioned that they are going to accommodate Jeff Petrie's request. And I don't know if that was a formal trade request or Jeff going if you can, I'd like to be moved somewhere so I can be closer to my family, this and that, because of everything that happened this past year, or whatever reason it may be. Oh, he gave the reason. It was because of the travel restrictions getting into Canada. So Jeff Petrie's or Julie Petrie's parents, either one, I don't know who, were, were not able to travel to see the Petrie's. And basically, you have a spouse that's traveling on the road and you've got three boys and you're pregnant with a fourth. And the boys are not like, they're not, they're not chill little children, right? They are exactly what I imagine parenting to be um, that, you know, like it was, it was just rough on her. It, you know, you, you're alone and you have three kids to deal with and they're very young and you're very tired and you can't have help because your parents or your in-laws cannot travel into the country that you're in. I totally understand that perspective. Now I know a lot of people are like, there's an easy solution. Uh, I'm not, I'm not here to like judge whatever, you know, health, or whatever reasons that 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 the petries or whatever um you know the reasons that they're not able to come into canada the whole point was that they were not able to come into canada and you said no they love montreal like from everything that i heard from jeff petries that they're happy in the city they're happy on the team they love montreal blah 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 and then you know he talked about how jeffrey dedicated himself to the game like in the last third of the season he really brought his best you know he he recommitted but he said the one thing that he did say was that we're not just going to accommodate his request just for the sake of it. It has to make sense for our team. So, it, like, I think that was really smart because when you are shopping a player, often 
you have the you have less leverage in whatever negotiations that you have. But in this case, Ken Hughes is like, listen, I've got an asset and he's still a serviceable defenseman. I mean, our friends at Locked on Red Wings did an episode on whether Jeff Petrie belongs in Detroit. I think that's a great p- place for him, not just for his family situation, but that's a great situation for him on the team. Right. Um, but Kent Hughes said, like, you know, you can call me on this guy, but if you're not offering what I want, I'm not going to make the trade. And that's that's the message, part of the message I got. Not necessarily just the part where, like, okay, they're going to accommodate. And the trade offer has, oh, sorry, the trade request has not yet been rescinded. Um, they're open to, to being traded if it's possible, or they want to be traded if it's possible. But, you know, that that's still ongoing. But I think the most important thing, I'm getting really tired and I'm just repeating myself over again. But the most important thing that Ken Hughes said, and he's been saying all along, is that he's not just going to trade Jeff Petrie for a bag of pucks. That's Edmonton stuff. And that's the thing about this is is that we saw Ryan McDonough get traded to uh, Nashville this Nashville. past week for Grant Mishmash and Philippe Myers. And one, Petrie puts a better offensive numbers than McDonough, is slightly younger but has more terms still. You know, we can call it the split. Maybe McDonough's a little bit better defensively. But Petrie's still a very serviceable, very good top four defenseman right now. He's got the skills to make it work. And I honestly like, I look at this and I go, there's a trade to be made here. Darren Dreger said this. Other people have said this is that Jeff Petrie is still well-regarded across the NHL. And I think that for Kent Hughes gives him the cards is that people know this is a good player, whether or not you are trading for him, it's up to you to make it worth Kent Hughes as well, or he's going to hold on to it. You know, we saw it with Ben Chirot. We saw it with Arturi Lekkinen. We saw it with Brett Kulak. He's not going to trade a guy just because people want him. Make it worth his while. And I think that's important. And I'm glad the McDonough trade happened first because it gives a good starting baseline is that you should get a guy who's on the fringe of making it to the next professional level, you know, mid-tier prospect. Another guy who is in the NHL or is an NHL-ready player. But I think with Petrie, you're going to get more for that because he's a better player overall. You're going to get a step up from a Grant Mishmash, regardless of who that be. I'm not going to say if they trade him to Detroit that they're going to get a Joe Valeno or a Philip Zadina. That it would be the dream, I think, or some high-end picks or something like that. But I don't think that that's the case right away. But there's a market there. And I know people go, ah, he had a bad year and this, that. Petrie had a very good back half of the year under Martin St. Louis. And if he starts red hot this year, Either the Canadians are going to do one, two things are going to go. He's not on the table anymore. And maybe, you know, they work something out with travel, family restrictions, whatnot into Canada. However, that may be, because I don't know what the rules fully are anymore. Or <laughs> you can trade him- get here. You just need the arrive can app. That's it. Which, and that seems to be the only thing. Takes 15 minutes to fill out. Really, really easy. Trust me. I did it this afternoon. But I also look at this and I go, or... When he's playing really well, they trade him while his value's high to a team that might be struggling right off the bat and needs to make a splash, and you get even more for him. It's all the cards are in Kent Hughes's hands here. Hughes's Hughes Hughes upon anyways. Hughes's that rolled off the tongue because his name is Hughes, right? Yes. I regardless, the point (laughs) is he holds the cards in a potential Jeff Petrie trade. There are suitors for this team for him. There are good players to be had in this. And the thing is, I look at the Ben Chirot trade. I look at the Arturi Lekin trade. I look at the Brett Kulak trade. I trust Kent Hughes to make the right call here and get what he's after. 
I'm not afraid of it being anything else right now. And I think that's something we haven't had in a little while where Mark Bergman could pull off a masterclass or it could be a disaster. We don't quite know. I think that Ken Hughes holds the right cards here and it's not going to be as hard to trade Jeff Petrie as we thought. I think so too. And one of the things that I think is, is notable as well is that Ken Hughes did mention that the team is looking for cap relief, right? So I think the thing that he made really clear though, was that they're looking for cap relief, but they're not desperate. They're not acting from a point of desperation and, you know, other GMs are going to smell blood, especially since Kent Hughes has been making some decent deals. You know, we, we, we made a lot of people angry when we said that he fleeced Joe Sackett. He didn't, he made a good trade for Arturi Lekkanen. He, he like, that was a good trade for both teams. That was great. It was great GMing from both sides, but you know, he's still somebody who is making a decent enough name for himself in his first few moves. Like people were looking at this and going like, this is a smart man. Right. So you don't want, like, you don't want to show a point of desperation or weakness or anything like that. Like, I think that's so, so, so important. Anyway, we talked a lot about this. Let's just mention one more thing about the carry price thing is that at this moment in time, there's still no news on carry price. They didn't seem to be too concerned however, is the message I got from that press conference. And I don't know if it's just because they're tired of talking about it. There, if there's no news, what are you going to say? Like, you know, Carey Price has sprouted a third leg off of his kneecap due to the platelet treat. Like, no, he's on vacation with his wife and kids camping out in the backwoods in their giant trailer and stuff. Carey Price probably doesn't want to be talked to right now. And I'm sure Kent Hughes is trying to focus on the draft and then free agency literally next week where he's got some negotiations ahead of him for a lot of different players. I'm not concerned about them not talking about Carey Price right now. I'll be concerned about it in August when that time rolls around. I don't care about that right now. There's the draft. There's free agency. There's so much other stuff going on that Carey Price right now is very low on my list of things that I'm actively worrying about. And I'm sure Kent Hughes is looking at this and going, I'm going to get asked about it. We'll have a press conference. Everybody loves a press conference. And that'll be that. When we know, we'll know at this point. Like, what are you going to do? That's exactly it. And so we are going to be back tomorrow with another episode. You're going to see us in the same clothes. We're recording both of these on Tuesday night. So if something big happens, I will record a bonus episode presumably in different clothes <laughs> um and that's all coming up tomorrow and don't forget our big episode is going to be the friday reaction to night one of the draft and then we will go live at some point so you guys can join us for some draft talk we're not sure when that's going to happen but we will absolutely make sure to include you in our post draft content um and that's all coming up you know just re- subscribe to locked on canadians wherever you get your podcasts or on youtube um you can also find us on twitter at lo underscore canadians i will be doing social media on our uh on our account uh, during the draft uh and maybe after the draft as well if any trades or anything go down uh so make sure you follow us there you can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com with your thoughts um and you can also leave comments in the youtube i know some people have been asking some mailback questions i will take note and uh respond back to you um and also you can follow scott at scott matla he will be at the draft you can follow me at the active stick i will not be at the draft um and i will try my best however to say hi to anybody 
uh, who's around. I promise I will try. I, I just, I don't know if I'll be able to. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to listen tomorrow where we will be talking Xavier Simono. We'll be talking about Colin White and whether he might be a fit in Montreal. Um, and some other speculation, potentially about a, maybe a hometown player. Uh, and that's speculation, but all of that's coming up tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Join us then.